Hello everyone, I'm Pastor Rick Hawkins of Quest Church in Norman, Oklahoma. I want to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast is going to be informative, insightful, and inspirational for your life. Listen every week because we'll have a special word just for you. Revelation chapter 5 and verse number 1, And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. Sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book? Who is worthy to loose the seals thereof? Listen carefully to verse 3, Revelation chapter 5. No man in heaven... No man in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. Verse 5, And one of the elders said to me, Weep not, behold, The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. I'm just going to concentrate my effort this morning to deliver this word to you from verse 5. That one of the elders said to me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and loose the seven seals thereof. I'm going to preach a message this morning entitled, When Judah Prevails. When Judah Prevails. Can you say that to about three people around you? When Judah Prevails. Let's pray yet once more as we embark on this word. Father, I thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost that you've already shown me would be somewhat demonstrative among us today. As I humble myself before you once again, just to read the Bible in front of people is a privilege. But to expound on it, I don't even know what to tell you about that other than just thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to speak of your word to a hungry congregation of people. And there are curses that need to be broken in this building today that have been passed down through genealogies and lineages and are resting in homes represented in this sanctuary today. And I ask you to break that curse, whatever that curse may be, if it's abuse, if it's addiction, whatever it is, by the power of the Holy Ghost, we ask you to do it. And while you're doing that, would you dismiss any spirit that would trespass into the territory of the destiny of these your people. Father, as we look to you, we are filled with expectation and anticipation today of the great things that you will do in Jesus' name. One more time, would you give Jesus Christ the biggest praise you could give him today? High five somebody, tell them it's on in the building, and then you may be seated. 
Um, I think we all, as believers, um, recognize that there is things being released in the earth today in the spiritual realms that we've never had to address. Uh, there are alterca altercations spiritually that we have never run up on until this time. It's like everything is exaggerated, everything is extreme, and those spirits are manifesting themselves um, through T-shirts, through methods that are very, very um, in your face. Uh, I saw a lady holding up a T-shirt um, that she bought in Target that talked about we love transgender children. Um, we see now transgender individuals sitting in classrooms before children and have an opportunity there to teach them that you can be whatever you want to be in regards to your sexuality, in regards to your gender. Now, this is very offensive. I, to many people, I talked to someone not long ago that I was in negotiations with concerning something. And they made it very clear to me that anyone that was take a stance against that kind of propagation would be their enemy. Um, that created somewhat of a challenge because I just have a real conviction concerning the Word of God that the Word of God is the Word of God. Now, before we go off trying to bash or condescend to any kind of thing, we must recognize that sin is sin. It doesn't matter if it's someone trying to change who they are for the purpose of an identity crisis to adultery, homosexuality, or, or anything like that. Sin is sin. So we're not here to bash an ideology. We're not here to do that. We're just here to recognize what is being pushed. And then as believers, you know, what is our response? What is our reaction? Let me tell you what it is and not before I tell you what it is. Compromise is good in a marriage. The compromise, you understand what I mean by that? It's good to compromise sometimes with your spouse. But it's never good to compromise convictions that are fortified by Scripture. Okay? So Genesis chapter 1 tells us that God created them male and female. There's one thing that is absolute. There's no man, male, ever given birth to a child. Okay? That's absolute. That's reserved for the female. Um, so you've, you've got to come to a proper understanding that God made you the way he wanted you. Okay? God set that precedence. I made you male or I made you female. Okay, so it didn't say when you don't like that anymore, change it. He didn't say that. He just said you are either male or you are female. And I'm losing friends and family, but I'm going to keep on talking. Um, 
So I just have to believe the validity of the Word of God. Now, when Paul writes to the church at Corinth, he said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Okay? So here's where we get in trouble. We start warring with an ideology through analytical processing. We want to logically dismiss the notion that these people may be propagating. Um, that's not your war. As believers, you must understand that the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and everything that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. Woo! When you attack knowing, you attack growing. We are after knowing God. So if you're after knowing God, then you must demolish, or demolish and abolish anything that would set itself up against your knowledge of him. Are y'all with me so far? It is quite the challenge to teach people that live in carnal mindsets how to operate in spiritual maneuvers. If you cannot calm your imagination, your mind, you can never engage the spirit. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. So the question is now, what is more important, the spirit or the flesh? That is answered by what do you want to enjoy, temporary things in time or eternal things that last perpetually? I have decided to find out what is spiritual, what moves God, and then what God uses to move me. When I was praying for you, the Lord told me to declare and decree a word over everybody in this church. Are you ready for it? I'm going to say it. You're going to shout it back to me. Are you ready? Advance. Say it one more time, advance. advance. To advance is to move forward. Enough meandering on Facebook. Enough arguing with people that ain't going to change their mind. To accelerate the progress of growth is to advance. I heard God say this, to raise to a higher rank is to advance. And I heard him say these words, socioeconomic advancements. What does that mean? No matter where you are categorized socially, that God is about to drop something on you that's going to change, listen to me carefully, your financial condition. You can decree and declare that all day over people, but it's never going to work until they follow the word of God. If you obey my commands, then you shall be the head and not the tail. 
You shall be in front and not behind. You shall be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. But if you do not get the if right, there ain't no need in prophesying, decreeing, and declaring nothing or anything. But the Lord said for me to speak this word over you and your household to advance, to bring forward in time. In other words, stuff you've been praying for that you thought was going to happen a year ago, God's going to advance it in time, which means he's going to back it up. What you thought was going to take a year is going to take six months. And I could go down the line. To advance is to increase by expanding your boundaries, enlarging your boundaries. To advance means to give provision for your push. To advance means to hasten a process to bring about the desired end. God is about to speed stuff up for you. Okay? Now, for those of you who can receive that, would you lift your hands, please? Father, I prophesy that word over obedient people. The word is advance. You told me to pray it. You told me to decree it. You told me to declare it. I've done that. And now I expect great testimonies from obedient people. That people would receive raises. That people would receive promotions. People would receive favor. That you're going to get involved in their situation. I believe that in Jesus' name. If you believe it, give God praise real quick here. Your advance is most of the time connected to not only your obedience, but your attitude. Your advancement is most of the time connected to your attitude. Attitude is everything. So the question to you today is this. Is praise to God priority to you? Is praise to God priority to you? And I'm going to give you five laws of praise. Because until you get your praise right, your promotion ain't coming. Until you get your praise right, your advance is not going to happen. Praise is simply putting God where he's supposed to be in your life. Five laws of praise. The principle of praise is this. Number one, the basis of praise is not emotion. It is devotion. The addendum to that is it is impossible to praise God and not be emotional. Number two, the priority of praise. Praise always goes first. Praise always goes first. Number three, praise precedes. Now, this is where we're going today, so be sure to write this down. Praise precedes revelation. If you, I'm going to go deep, but you'll go home and study this. If you want to move from apocrypha, to apocalypse. If you want to move from what's hidden to what is revealed, that passage is through praise. That's number three. Number four, praise will always direct you toward provision. A praising person will always run into provision. Number five, the practice of praise is celebration. The practice of praise is celebration. 
Did y'all get all of that? Now let's go to our text. Revelation 5.1. I saw on the right hand. Have I lost anyone here? Everybody still good? I'm only going to preach for two hours and we're gone. So you're going to be comfortable, right? Revelation 5.1. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within. And it was sealed with seven seals. Everyone say the word seal. It literally means to stamp with a signet ring or a private mark for the purpose of security and preservation. Something is sealed for the purpose of security and preservation. It is sealed to keep it secret. Anything sealed was sealed for the purpose of keeping it secret. When something is sealed and it belongs to you, it causes two things to happen, intrigue and curiosity. You seal Christmas presents, right? Because what do you want to create? Intrigue and curiosity. You, you seal birthday presents because you want them to wonder what's behind the wrapping. Am I right about it? So it creates intrigue and curiosity. Let me submit something to you. There are things that God has wrapped for you. There are things that God has sealed for you for the purpose of securing it and preserving it. Isaiah said it like this in chapter 48, verse 6. You've heard these things, now look at them. Will you not admit it? From now on, I will tell you of new things. Listen, I will tell you of hidden things, sealed things, unknown to you. They are created now. They are revealed now, not long ago. You have not heard of them before today. Powerful stuff. So you cannot say, yes, I knew about it. God is about to surprise you. Right. So that you can't say, that didn't blow my mind like you already knew it was going to happen. No, God is about to do a thing that's going to blow your, tell your neighbor, surprise, surprise, surprise. In other words, you've not enjoyed every blessing that God has secured for you. You have not enjoyed every blessing that God has preserved for you. You've not walked in every promise that God has kept in secret for you. Are y'all in the building? That's why Paul wrote the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart or the mind of man, the things that God has prepared for them that love him. Now, we all have preached that as if that pertains to heaven. you got to keep reading. But God has revealed them unto us. How? By his spirit, for the spirit searches, intrigued, curious. The spirit, the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? 
Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Jesus is going to say it like this. The Father is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. So there are things that God has sealed, hidden, secured, preserved for nobody but why oh you. And the only way you're going to tap into those things is not by your analytical processes and your logical thinking. It's not revealed to man. It's revealed by the Spirit. So I'm going to say it again. It is time for the people of God to become people of the Spirit where we operate more in the spirit than we do in the flesh. When you operate in the spirit, God allows you to see beyond what is superficial. When you operate in the spirit, you have the ability to see beyond the trial, beyond the trouble, beyond the tribulation. You can see the other side of what you're going through, not because you have some magical wand that you can throw out in the air and something shows it to you in your head. No, you know it by the spirit of God. So the spirit of God will keep you churning and burning, not knowing fully what's going to be manifest, but you know for certain something is about to change because you have the spirit of God working in you. So I say, Lord, okay now, I love it. But how do we access something so profound? How do we access something that mysterious? Is there a tool? Is there a strategy? Verse 2 says, I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who's worthy to break that seal? Who's worthy to open that book? No man in heaven, in earth, or under the earth was worthy to look into what God was holding secret. And I wept because no man was found worthy to open the seal, neither to look at it. No man was found worthy. It means deserving, suitable, or one that draws praise. Uh-oh. No man was worthy. It also means no one was capable of leading the way to the revelation. It's going to take someone like this to open the seals. It's going to take someone like this to disclose the revelation. Someone like who? Someone who draws praise. Woo! Someone who draws praise and someone who leads the way. Someone who what? Draws praise why do you think in Judges chapter 1, verse 1, the question is asked, who will go first to open the territory before us? The answer came, send Judah 
first because Judah will open the way. Some of y'all ain't never been a praiser in your life, but after today, you're going to be a bucking, shucking, jumping, ducking, dodging, praying. You're going to be a praising somebody when we get through today. Watch this. Who will go first? Who will open? Who will be in position to permit passage? Your non-praise is restricting your succession from enjoying their provision. I don't praise, Pastor Rick. I just ain't that kind of person. Then you ain't saved. I don't praise like that. Like what? What do you mean? Praise is praise. Praise goes first. Talk in the building. Pastor Rick Hawkins, tell the truth. If it goes first, it permits passage for those that are following you. Somewhere in your lineage, somewhere in your genealogy, somewhere in the line of your family, if you want to break a curse that has been passed down, somebody has to go first. So the person that goes first, who's worthy to open the seals, is the lion of the tribe Judah means praise. I'm going to keep working on it for you. Watch this. One of the elders said to me, don't cry. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, not the fruit of David, has prevailed to open the book and loose the seal. Lord, give me a supernatural ability and anointing to preach this thing in the next five minutes. In Jesus' name, amen. Watch this. Here's his personality. Judah's personality is found in verse 9 of chapter 49. Judah is a lion's whelp. Judah is a lion. The lion is the most loyal member of, a fam of, a, of the family. The lion, the male lion. He never leaves a 20-mile radius from where he is born. You know what I've learned about real praisers? They don't wander. Okay, leave it there. But watch his posterity. He's the root of David. That means I'm not only the posterior of David. I'm the anterior of David, and I'm the interior of David. The lion of the tribe of Judah is the anterior of David, the interior of David, and the posterior of David. He's the root and the fruit of David. I have preceded David. We have preached David like David is the man of praise. No, Judah is the tribe of praise. 
Judah didn't come from David. David came from Judah. In other words, if you want to produce praisers in your family, you got to be a praiser yourself. The, the root is the anterior. It's the underground part of the plant that you do not see. What Jesus is saying is, I was before he was born. I was in David before David arrived. I'm the anchor that supported him. I'm the origin of his ordination. I am, I am the plant, the root that held him up through his whole life. I'm his progenitor. Something that was hidden beneath the surface, I was keeping him. Who is David? Y'all know David the psalmist? Psalm 78 says he's chose by God. 1 Samuel chapter 13 verse 14 says he's a man after God's own heart. That's who David is. David is a man that served the purpose of God in his generation before he fell asleep. Acts chapter 13 verse 36. Who is David? David is a man who walked in perpetual victory. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 9, God gave David victory everywhere he went. 2 Samuel 8, 6, God gave David victory everywhere he went. 2 Samuel 8, 14, God gave David victory everywhere he went. Why did David have victory everywhere he went? Because Judah lived inside him. <laughs> Judah lived inside of David. Woo! Here's his prophetic identity. Deuteronomy 33, verse 7. Hear, Lord, this is Moses prophesying over the tribe of Judah, the voice of Judah. You've heard me preach on this before. You're going to get this today. Hear, Lord, the voice of Judah. There is no praise without voice. Praise requires voice. connotes the idea of Jesus saying I expect you to open your mouth and give me praise I'm so into voice that if you don't give me voice I will let the rocks have a voice and they will praise me in your position Oh, man. Hear the voice of Judah. It means two things, to claim and proclaim. To call aloud your claiming or your proclaiming. Judah means praise. Hear, Lord, the voice of praise. Because when we praise, we are claiming and proclaiming. Why do you think the voice of God walked in the garden Saying, Adam, Adam, where are you? You're going to tell me God didn't know where Adam was? He's God, y'all. He knew where Adam was. He was asking Adam so Adam would know where Adam was. Where are you in relation to the position I left you in? 
But the voice of the Lord was walking in the cool of the day, calling out to Adam. Why? Because he's claiming what is his. Your voice of praise starts claiming everything that belongs to you. You're not praising the things. You're praising him, and he's adding the things to your life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. If you would ever get it made up in your mind that you're going to give God all the praise. I, I, I told Josh this morning, I said, Josh, I know what I've been through. I don't know what I'm going to go through. But I do know what's going to bring me through. The question is what? And I said, my praise is going to bring me through anything that I can see or not see. That I can... It means to claim and proclaim, which means to declare publicly, proudly, defiantly. To praise is to proclaim. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth. You should proclaim the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You should proclaim. You can make a statement by being silent. You can. You can make a statement by being silent, but you can't claim or proclaim and be silent. So here, I'm done after this. I told Caleb this morning, I said, Caleb, I'm going to preach on praise today. Oh, good, he said. Good. I said, you know, I feel like a church needs to be preached. You know, praise needs to be preached to a church about once or twice a year. Well, Caleb, Pentecost. He said, I feel like we need about every two or three weeks. And I said, you know, that's how much I used to preach. I used to preach on praise about once a month. Because when you preach on praise, it just drops fire in the congregation. And when I was praying this morning, the Lord said, remind them of how powerful their praise is. Because the Bible says, praise prevailed. Judah prevailed to open the seals. There's some things you're never going to see as long as you remain silent. Judah has prevailed to open the secrets. Judah has prevailed to open what has been secured for you. Praise has prevailed to reveal to you the secrets that God has kept reserved for only you. So I can be standing next to a person in church, they getting their praise on and going nuts like they're seeing something I'm not seeing. You know why? Because they are. 
One person's losing it because they're getting glimpses into their future while the other person is standing here silent, quiet. I don't have to do all that. Well, you're going to just see your breakfast or you're going to see your roast beef when you get home. But the person next to you is already seeing God opening doors for them two weeks down the road. There's nothing that opens like praise. So I'm just going to give you five seconds to open your mouth and give God praise. Just for a moment. Just for a moment. <laughs> Hallelujah. I almost call this thing, I take my praise personal. The old saints used to say, you can't praise him like I praise him. Why? Because he didn't do for you what he's done for. This is my miracle. This is my promise. This is my revelation. And if I want to see what God has been holding in secret for me, I've got to open my mouth. The Bible says, listen to me. You say, now, Pastor Rick, does it take all that? Well, let me ask you why David said this. I will bless the Lord. At all times. Good times, bad times, upside down time, crazy time, poor time, rich time, health time, sick time, bad time, good time. I will bless the Lord and all. Come on, finish it with me. And his praise shall continually be in my heart, in my mind. No, his praise shall continually be in my. I'm going to dare you one more time to send Judah first up out your mouth. Give God praise. Woo! Let's all stand. I want you to come to me. Come with me to the bedroom just a minute. Just come on. Let's go to the bedroom. Come on. Just come on. Just stand up. We're done now. I want you to come into this old rock home. Dust everywhere. You're walking down a hall, dusty. And you hear the voice of an old, old old man who's in the twilight of his years. And he lifts his voice and he says, bring my sons to me. Oh, the old man. He's called Israel now, but there was a time in his life they called him Jacob. Yeah, he had a conversion. Before he was the supplanter, the deceiver. But after he wrestled with God, 
God said, now you shall be called Israel because you wrestled with God and man and you lasted. See, you have to have in you the ability to put up with man and not lose your praise. got to have in you the ability to look at people to get on your last nerve and say, you're not going to make me lose my praise. You something another you. <laughs> you are the problem, but I've got my praise. Oh, and he starts going down the line. He starts, he starts talking to Naphtali. You're like a hind that jumps around your fast. Dan, he said, Dan, you, you judge things. Zebulun, you dig things out of the ocean. And he just goes right down the line of his 12 sons prophesying to. And somehow they have positioned Judah kind of in the middle of all these boys. And old Jacob gets to Judah. And he kind of shakes himself and says, Judah. Watch what he says. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemy. Judah, my man, every time you open your mouth, you paralyze the devil. I dare somebody to shout, I'm about to put a chokehold on the devil. I dare you to say it. Come on, tell your neighbor he's about to tap out right now. He about to tap out. Tell three people he about to tap out because I'm about to put my hand on his neck. If you could ever see yourself, put your praise on and the enemy just get you can ever see yourself praising most people feel like praise is after the war no praise is your weapon praise is not something you do after the war praise is what you do in the midst of the battle if you want him to tap out, you can't wait till the battle is over. You got to shout right. Now you say, Pastor Rick, are you trying to conjure up something? You said, <laughs> some of y'all are looking at me like, Pastor Rick, you're kind of trying to conjure things up here a little bit, Pastor Rick. You're trying to make folks do stuff. You're kind of forcing the issue, Pastor Rick. You know, I know a lot of bashful people. I told the church this morning I was a shy little boy. Still am awkward in settings. Certain settings, I'm awkward. <laughs> but I'll tell you one thing. You take little bashful nine-year-old Rick Hawkins and let him watch the Kansas City Chiefs with Lenny Dawson and Otis Taylor. Y'all don't know nothing about that. 
with Willie Lanier and watch them boys dominate a football game, and you see little Ricky. And I'm screaming at my mama, we scored, we scored, we scored. All of a sudden, from bashful to just loud, from shy to shouting. So I'm sorry, but God has not given you the spirit of timidity. He has given you the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. You might be bashful in your personality, but in the spirit, there ain't no bashful people in the spirit. There ain't no shy people in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to ask you to shout like the victory has already been won, even though... Some of y'all are in the war of your life. You are in the battle of your destiny. And you got to shout right now. Give God praise right in the middle of the battle. Let me tell you a story and I'm done. I was preaching something like this one time. There's about 4,000 people in the service. The lady was right here. This is in uh, another city. And I saw her. And you know, you don't dance when you finally get your hand on your hip. That's when your back is hurting just a little bit. I took that microphone. I said, what happened? Man said, whoop. That's all you could hear. And I stuck the mic down. She said, the cancer fell off. I started to say, well, show it to me. But I thought, I better hold on to that. I said, prove it to me tomorrow. That's fine, pastor. The next day, she sent me a picture of a brown club of something that was on her side that was cancer. It was a skin cancer. She said, all she said was, I told you. Tell your neighbor, I told you. You can't tell me that praising don't work. 
If you praise him, what you're going through is going to have to. Tell your neighbor, make it fall off. Praise him.